We almost exhausted two chapters from 2 Samuel in this study on victorious Christian living, and we move now to a portion we introduced on Thursday night, 1 Corinthians 10, 1-14. This will occupy our attention for the next few weeks. 1 Corinthians 10, 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. Aren't you glad we have a God that communicates truth to us? How that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. But they drank of that spiritual rock, capital R, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So, these are people, as we established Thursday night, They have put their faith and trust in the blood of the Lamb and have been delivered from bondage by the grace of God as a result of their faith in His Word. They have been baptized corporately at the Red Sea. They are being fed and watered and provided for every single day by the Lord Jesus Christ as He travels with them. And yet, and yet, for all that, the Bible says in verse 5, But with many of them, God was not well pleased. They were overthrown in the wilderness. What we established Thursday night from the Word of God is that the Holy Spirit says to you, to me, a person can be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, set free from the bondage of their former life, baptized, traveling on the way to a promised land with God providing for them everything they need every single day, And yet those people can live a life that is not pleasing to the Lord. The examples that he gives that we will develop in coming weeks. Verse 6. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Their problem was they wanted something besides what God had given them. That's probably a warning we could all We could all use. Verse 7, neither be idolaters as were some of them. Well, I would never make an image and bow down to him an image. We'll finish the verse. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. I'd say many in our nation need a warning that God considers it idolatry to put pleasure ahead of worship. Neither let us commit fornication. As some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. That's any, any physical sexual activity outside the bonds of marriage between one man and one woman. Uh, that's so prevalent in our society that people are amazed when you mention that it shouldn't be done. Verse 9, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Uh, that temptation, that tempting Christ, that is, that is daring God to do something about it. He said we, we need this admonition. Well, I don't believe God would ever punish me for this. I don't believe God ever chasing me for that. I believe I can do whatever I want. God's a loving God and He's a kind God and nothing bad will ever happen to me. And the Lord said, we need the admonition. That's not the case. And verse number 10, just in case you made it this far and said, I don't need this, neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, who but God would put complaining and adultery side by side? But there it is. 
Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There is no temptation taken you, but such is a common man. All right, so we are told in this passage that all of us are capable of doing what any of us is capable of doing. And that if we think ourselves above the need of the admonition, we are already on the road to ruin. There was this, this fellow, you might have heard of him a while back, um, this golfer, his name was Tiger Woods. And when, when Tiger Woods would hit a, hit a golf ball and it would go the right way, he never said, praise the Lord. He took credit for that. But when he would hit a golf ball and it would go the wrong way, he would curse God. Good shots, I did that. Bad shots, God did that. He would, he would curse God. He would, he would take God's name in vain. Well, one day this news came out that he had committed adultery multiple times against his wife and people were surprised that he would do that because after all, in the shaving cream commercials and the, and the car commercials, he seemed like such a great guy, like you knew anything about him. But, but anyway, my response was, why would it surprise you that a man who broke one of the Ten Commandments would break another one? And see, we have this idea that, well, I, I would never do that. Well, what about this? Well, yeah, I might do this, but I wouldn't do that. And here the Bible says, the fact that we would do this is the evidence that under the right circumstances we would do that. And so I don't need the Scripture to tell me, don't do what He's doing right now. Don't commit the sin she's committing right now. I need the scripture to warn me to invite and advise me. I could commit any sin that anyone has ever committed if I don't keep my heart right with God. The answer comes back, well, I'm saved. And the example given to us is of people who are redeemed by the blood of a lamb. I'm a baptized believer, as was this multitude. I'm walking with the Lord, as were they. I'm on my way to the promised land. Here's the problem. They turned a two-month trip into a 40-year wandering. Because their choice to yield to their flesh, rather than to surrender themselves to God... It didn't cost them their relationship to God. The pillar of fire is still there. The pillar of cloud is still there. The manna is still falling. The water is still coming out of the rock. What it cost them was the full enjoyment of the blessings God had for them. He didn't cut them off from being His people. He just had to stop them short of the promised land. There's a land flowing with milk and honey and there's a wilderness. There's a land where the clusters of grapes are so large, two men have to carry them on a pole on their shoulders. And then there's this desert. And these people were, were redeemed, but desert dwellers. And these people were saved by grace through faith, but wandering about in a wilderness when they could have been dwelling in Canaan land. 
And the Bible says these things are our examples to the intent. This is God's intention that we should not lust as they lusted. Now, here's our phrase this morning, and this is, this is the keynote for the Sunday morning message. Verse 5, with many of them God was not well pleased. I don't want to be a modern American church member, religious person, professing Christian. I want to be someone who lives to please God. I want to bring pleasure to the Lord. The Bible says in Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. I was made to please God. You were made to please God. Now, when I look at a commandment in Scripture, or I look at a direction, direction from the Word of God and say, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that because it doesn't please me. I am cutting myself off from the very pleasure I seek, imagining that I could live outside the purpose for which God made me, and still find satisfaction in life. This is the great deception. It is the great deception that began in the Garden of Eden. It is the great deception that continues to this day. Look at everything God gave that man. Look at everything God gave that woman. And without any reason for complaint, the woman found herself dissatisfied. Why can't I eat that fruit? Come on, Eve, are you not happy? Well, I guess, but why can't I have that fruit? Well, come on, Eve, look at all God's given you. Well, yeah, I know, but why can't I have that fruit? And then Adam comes along and falls right in the same trap, right in the same pit. And from that day to this, Satan has not had to invent any new temptation. He has not had to devise any new scheme because no matter how saved you are, how baptized you are, how provided for you are, how sure you are of a promised land, there is something inside the human heart that resents God's attempts to govern our lives. And we deceive ourselves, it's not the devil, we deceive ourselves into thinking, I'd be happy if God would leave me alone. I'd be happy if I didn't have these commandments hanging over my head. I'd be happy if I didn't have to obey the scripture. And I would, I would hold out to you seven billion people on earth who are not obeying the word of God and aren't happy. Well, I mean, where do you get this idea that disobeying the Lord means makes life so much better than having the Bible keep you under its thumb? Who exactly are you pointing to when you say that? See, there's no evidence out there to support the theory that life is more pleasant lived in disobedience to God. There's no evidence in my life that I have joy or peace or contentment or happiness when I disobey God. And yet, we continue to tell ourselves the problem is those commandments. 
The problem is that Bible. The problem is that preacher. The problem is that church. Well, where do you, where, where's your evidence? You have less evidence for that than there is for evolution. The gangs aren't living by the Word of God. They're not happy. The rich people aren't living by the Word of God. They're not happy. The poor people aren't living by the Word of God. They're not happy. Everywhere in the world are people shooting each other, stabbing each other, stealing, divorcing, uh, committing adultery, getting drunk. And you ask them next, well, how was that? Well, it wasn't good enough yet. And somebody comes along and says, why don't you just obey the Bible? Well, by God, I tried to run my life. I don't want any of that stuff. Well, you need something. <laughs> what you got hadn't done anything for you. Now, l- let me run through this real quick. We, we could take weeks and look, look all these up, and, and we might sometime. Here are the things the Bible says, please God. God takes pleasure in the following things. Righteousness. First, Corinthians, uh, First Chronicles twenty nine seventeen, In separating ourselves from our past sins, Ezra 10, 11. In our spiritual well-being, Psalm 35, 27. In those who fear Him and hope in His mercy, Psalm 147, 11. In saving souls, Ezekiel 18, Ephesians 1. In saving believers through preaching, 1 Corinthians 1, 18. In those who labor to build His house, Haggai 1, 8. In giving eternal rewards to His people, Luke 12, Ephesians 1. In songs of praise and thanksgiving to Him. Psalm 69, 30. In those who live by faith, Hebrews eleven six, Those who are fruitful in His service, Colossians 1, 10. In obedient children, Colossians 3, 20. Uh, it delights Him to make Israel His people, 1 Samuel 12, 22. To bless His people, Numbers 24, 1. And when someone seeks wisdom above riches, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 10. Now, now listen. If that's the list of things that please God, And that's not the list of things that please me. That's why I'm not content. Has nothing to do with Obama or Rick Scott or the snow or the heat or the humidity or the ice. It's because God made me to live this way and I'm trying to live that way. And, and I keep butting heads with the blessing of God instead of allowing it to get behind me and just sail me through life. We're so deceived. We, I'm not talking about the people out there. That's not, God's not talking about the, he, he about the Egyptians. He didn't say the Egyptians didn't please me. He said the people that put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost. The people that walked through the Red Sea. The people that gathered manna every morning and every night. Those people didn't please me. Because they wanted happiness without God. And they wanted joy without the Lord. Now, Mark chapter 1. Let's, let's slip over there. Mark chapter 1. So I want you to consider the ultimate, the ultimate pleasure found by God. This, this is God saying, this, this, this pleased me more than anything else. Mark chapter 1, verse 9, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth. And 
The Bible says in verse 11, There came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now listen, that that list we read, righteousness, that's Jesus. Separated from sins, that's Jesus. Spiritual well-being, that's Jesus. Fearing Him, hoping His mercy, that's Jesus. Saving souls, that's Jesus. Building God's house, that's Jesus. Going down through this. Everything in that list of things that pleases God, it's summed up in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. He said, in Him I am well pleased. I am well pleased. Now, just think with me. The magazine. Want you to be well pleased with that woman's looks. If you could look like her. If you could wear what she's wearing. If you could buy the makeup she's she's got on. If you could style your hair like she styled your hair. And so thousands and thousands and thousands of women look on a regular basis to see what they're supposed to look like. Well, how could you be well pleased? You don't have the money... To have done to you what that person had done to them. You don't get up in the morning and a professional computer expert airbrushes you so you can go to work. Well, you put that on your online profile, but sooner or later you've got to meet people. You say, no, where's the, where's the guy I got the pictures of? Well, that's me. <laughs> You're twice the man I thought you were. <laughs> And man, you know the man. They 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 literally that going going to, in a airport. You you walk by the going there to get a six dollar bottle of water because you can't carry your water on the airplane because so you gotta you gotta buy one on the other side. And here's these here's these guys standing there looking at these these magazines. You know, fitness magazine, muscle magazine. Drink this powder and pazam. Do these three minute exercises while you're on the plane and wah. You read that magazine all you want. It ain't happening. Just not going to happen. You can't afford those steroids. <laughs> Things are expensive. But I'm, listen, this war, so so here's what I want to know: Who's got your ear? Who's got your attention? What coworker is telling you, "Follow me, and you'll be happy"? What what little gang of of Facebook friends is telling you this is the way to real pleasure and enjoyment? What, who's, who's got your voice in the hallway after the preacher's done saying, I wouldn't listen to that, I'd listen. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, God the Father was well pleased with him. Now, if you're made to give God pleasure, why would you follow anybody but Jesus? Why would you try to line up your life with anybody but Jesus? If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna have joy, real joy, peace, real peace from pleasing God, and Jesus Christ pleased God, wouldn't that be where I'd go to find out how to live and what to wear and what language to use and how to have a good home and life and a good family life and good friendships and how to handle my money? Why do we look to all of these sources who aren't happy? 
and follow their advice to try and find happiness. But somebody said, well, you know, the Bible says, oh, the Bible. We're so deceived. We're so, people listen, they'll listen to anybody but God. And then get frustrated. Didn't turn out the way way they wanted it to. Well, Psalm 51 and Isaiah 53. Let's, Let's zip along here. Psalm 51 and Isaiah chapter 53. So Jesus Christ, Father said of him, I'm well pleased. Psalm 51, Isaiah 53. Psalm 51, verse 19, the Bible says, Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. What's pleasing to God? Not a sacrifice, a righteous sacrifice. Sacrifices of righteousness. Isaiah 53. And verse number 10. Yet, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. This is really tough. This is really tough. It's hard for me. I'm a man living in body of flesh. It's going to be hard for you, men and women, living in bodies of flesh. Jesus Christ brought pleasure to God the Father when He made Himself a righteous sacrifice for your sins and for mine. That's, That's the first half of verse 10. Look. Yet it pleased the Lord, there's God the Father, to bruise Him, there's God the Son. He hath put Him to grief. That's Calvary. That's the cross. When thou shalt make His soul an offering for sin. Okay? So God the Father said, I need a righteous sacrifice to pay for sin so I can save sinners. And Jesus said, I'll do it. I will lay down my life for sinners. And we rejoice in that because... We want a Savior to save us. But now, watch how the verse finishes up. He shall prolong his days. That's Jesus Christ. He got eternal life. He lives forever. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Look at this. God the Father was pleased with the righteous sacrifice offered by God the Son. Jesus Christ, as a result, not only does He have a prolonging, an endless prolonging of His days, but those days are full of pleasure given Him by the Lord as a reward for doing what pleased the Lord. Now look, I need help. I'm self-deceived. You need help. The Bible says we deceive ourselves. Here's what we say. I am going to find a God somewhere who will let me live for me, who will let me make my own rules, who will let me govern my own life, who will let me throw away the parts of the Bible I don't like, 
And then I'm going to have pleasure because God loves me and He's so good. When the Bible says, God the Father said of God the Son, I am well pleased with His life, I am well pleased with His sacrifice, and because He laid down His life to please me, I am going to fill His days with pleasure. That's what it says. Well, see, now everybody's, wheels are turning, how can I get around that? That can't really be true. I don't know, I don't... Look, this is so contrary to what the world is teaching. This is so contrary to what you were taught in school. This is so contrary to what your family members tell you when they try to get you out of that cult you're in. You are trying to find pleasure in disobedience and the scripture clearly says the pleasure is found in obedience. When we give our lives to the Lord to please the Lord... God bestows upon us pleasure beyond description that cannot be found living contrary to the purpose for which we were created. Hebrews 10.6 said, No other sacrifice could satisfy God. Micah 6.7, No other sacrifice could satisfy God. Now, in Psalm 5 and verse 4, the scripture says, The Lord takes no pleasure in wickedness. How am I going to live contrary to the Word of God, which is obviously not bringing pleasure to the Lord, and think that's going to end well? Ecclesiastes 5, 4 says, God doesn't take pleasure in those who do not speak truth. You can't just lie and then wonder why you're unhappy. You can't just make stuff up and tell all kind of tales and, 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 and go around saying things that you know aren't true. Right, right. Well, I'm just not happy. I know, but you know. You're not happy because you're lying. Right. <laughs> There's no pleasure to be found in living. God is truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the truth. People want to tell lies all day long and then wonder why they don't have this great relationship with Jesus. Or they tell another lie and say they do have a great relationship with Jesus. It's crazy. The Bible says the Lord takes no pleasure in those who come to worship Him without sincerity. When I go to church, well, so is the devil. Well, like the devil goes to church, why would he need to go to a bar? Everybody there is on his side. He goes to church to recruit. Trying to get people to tra- trade sides. Bible says, listen, just, I'll just read this. Um, Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. They come in the temple. They shut the doors. They light the fire. They wave the incense. They kill the animal. They offer the sacrifice. And the Lord says, get out of here. Oh, no, we've come to worship. No, you haven't. Get out of here. No pleasure in that at all. Look, you come to church, your heart's against God, your heart's against the Bible, your heart's against your brothers and sisters in Christ, your heart's against the preacher, you're just trying to put on some kind of a show, you're made to come because your parents drug you here. God don't care that you're in church. Sometimes i got to go to stuff. You ever have to go to things? Company party? Company picnic, 
wedding somebody, you don't like either one of them, but they're third cousins of the fourth cousin, and you, you had to go because... And they, they, they look at the pictures afterwards. Who's this guy with the big frown on his face? <laughs> Somebody didn't want to be there. Time for the company Christmas party. You know, everybody's getting drunk. And the more, more they drink, the more they start putting hands all over each other. And, and, you know, the women get lewd and the men get vile. And things just, just going all to pieces. And you've got to be there. You get fired. You think, <laughs> the boss looks over, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Why don't you get with the party? Uh, no, thanks. I don't want to do this. I'm going to give you a raise tomorrow. I don't think so. People go to worship, man. They go to church and they're just miserable the whole time they're there. You know why? Because the songs are about somebody you don't love. <laughs> the preaching's about a life you don't want to live. I went to church. Well, a lot of people go to church. A lot of reasons. Make some business contacts. Meet a good, clean girl. You can get dirty as soon as you marry her. <laughs> Try to con somebody out of money because you don't want to work. People go to church for all kinds of reasons. Lord said, so get that out of here. Okay. I don't need that. Well, anyway. Um, Ecclesiastes 2.1, Lord takes no pleasure in vanity. That's a mirror with a you know, the little dresser there. And a, I don't know. <laughs> God doesn't need one of those. <laughs> when we seek our pleasure on the Lord's day rather than His, or delight in our words more than His, God takes no pleasure in that. Isaiah 58. I might as well read this to you. I mean, you're here, but next week you might be at the lake or the ball game or the cookout or something. So we might as well, might as well read this. <clears throat> Verse 13, if... If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy Lord, the honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. Now will cause thee to ride upon the high place of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You know what he said? He said, when you guys quit talking about how I'm your God and start living like it on my day then you'll start getting the blessings you want. I just love the good Lord. Really? Once every, every six weeks? Once a month? Every now and then? Nothing else is going on? No kinfolk in town? No art show to go to? No, no arts and crafts exhibit somewhere? No, no home and garden show? Boat's broke, can't go water skiing. Yeah, I love the Lord. I guess we ought to go to church. We hadn't been in a while. You know what he said? I don't take any pleasure in people that talk me up but live me down. That's just the Lord. I don't agree with you. I didn't say any of this. We're not talking about what pleases me. We're talking about what pleases the Lord. All right. Ecclesiastes 12. And Romans 8. Ecclesiastes 12 and Romans 8. See, here's the problem. I, I, I cheat myself. I cheat myself out of the very things I'm looking for. Joy, peace, love, goodness, gentleness. I, I cheat myself out of all those things by thinking I can find them where God said they couldn't be found. 
and by thinking that I can't find them where God said they would be found. I don't live in that self-deception any more than, than I absolutely have to. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not. No, the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. I have no pleasure in them. We have jail ministries. We have rescue mission ministries. We have house-to-house ministries. We have public preaching ministries. And one reason we encourage our young people to participate, we don't want you to see the 19-year-old older brother who's decided that drugs is the key to happiness. We want you to see the 59-year-old man who found out they weren't. We don't don't want you to see the 18-year-old classmate who's telling you they went out drinking last weekend and it was the greatest time in the world. We want you to see the man who lost everything he had in this world because of that booze. We want you to shout that that thing ends up. We don't want you to see the friend of yours that left her husband because he, he was a slave driver. We want you to see the, the 50-year-old woman living with her four cats and, and holding a sign about how great it is to be a lesbian and how she's an atheist. And how Christians are so mean and hateful. We want you to see how it ends up when you think that God doesn't know as much as your friends know. Because there's a day coming when following sin is going to wake you up and say, here's what I got for you. Nothing. Here's what I got for you. No friends, no family, no money, no future, nothing but hell. Then we'll take you down to the church house and show you people 60, 70, 80, 90 years old who can't wait to get up in the morning and read their Bible. Can't wait, to get, can't wait for Sunday to come around to go to church. Can't wait to sing one more song about Jesus who are enjoying life with all its aches and pains and all its bumps and bruises and its arthritis and, its, and its, all, all that goes with it. And there's joy in their heart and there's happiness in their soul. God said, I want you to remember that now. The days of your youth. Remember that I created in the days of the youth. While the evil days come not, they don't have to come. Years draw nigh when thou should say, I have no pleasure in them. Listen, if you're already, right, right now this morning, right now this morning, if you say, man, I, I don't have any pleasure. What a horrible thing to already be there. It's not what God designed for you. That's not what God intended for you. At thy right hand, Psalm 16 says, there are pleasures forevermore. But it's at God's right hand. It's not walking arm in arm with the world. It's not walking arm in arm with backsliders. It's not walking arm in arm with those that have decided they don't want to live by the Scripture. Romans 8, verse 8. 
Romans 8.8. 8. Verse number 6 for Romans 8.6. For the spirit, be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither did can be. So then, they in the flesh cannot please God. Look, it, if there's a way to live that doesn't bring God pleasure, you, you back up through verse 7, back up to verse 6, the obvious result of that is, I can't have any pleasure. Because I was made to bring God pleasure. My heart beats, my lungs breathe, my hands move, my feet walk, my, my everything about me, everything about you was designed to bring pleasure to God. The more of me that I, that I turn my shoulder away from God and reach for something else, it's just a vain attempt to find happiness where it can't be found. Find peace and joy where it will not be Located. Oh, if men believe, believe God's Word. Galatians 1. Two more verses this morning. We can do this. Galatians 1. Galatians 1. Verse number 10. For do I now persuade man or God? Or do I seek to please man? If I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. You can't live according to the dictates of this world and be a Christian. Now you can be saved. I didn't say you, weren't, you couldn't be saved. You can't be a follower of Jesus Christ walking a direction that he doesn't walk. You can't be a follower of Jesus Christ going places and going with people that where he doesn't go with people he, he doesn't go with. That's, what's that? Men, men's got a way to please them. God's got a way to please And if I please men, I don't please God. Hadn't read it, hadn't seen it, not going to read it, not going to see it. Know more about it than I want to know. But they, they put this book out, Fifty Shades of Filth. And this, 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 this Christian nation made it a bestseller. So it's not a Christian nation. And then they put out a movie. So you can go... <laughs> Who do you go with to see a movie? About sexual perversion. Is that like a group thing? Is it a couple's thing? Do you take the kids? I mean, I don't get it. They used to have places like that in the, in the crummiest part of town. A little room rented in a, in a closed down shopping center. And you went at night with a bag over your head to see stuff like that. Now you buy popcorn and a Coke and take the family to go see... Well, listen, here's what, here's what I'm saying to you. Somebody told this country 
in the 1960s that shacking up instead of getting married was liberation and bring you happiness. And it didn't. And so then in the 70s, shacking up and doing cocaine and dancing with roller skates on would bring you happiness. And it didn't. And then in the 80s, it was just We're not even going to shack up. We're just going to do the cocaine and just fornicate with everybody in the club. And that's going to make us happy. And it didn't. And we tried about 20 years of homosexuality. Man, this is going to be the coolest. And that that didn't work. And so now we're going to try torture. Hey, you know what? You know what Hollywood is telling you? Everything we offer you didn't. Do what we promised it would do. And the only happy people you can, t- you, and you can find in town are the single people living pure like God said or the marriage people devoted to their husband or their wife like God said. And everybody else is just diving deeper and deeper and deeper into the sewer looking for something that the last level of the sewer didn't provide. Oh, you know, drink to have a beer, man. Have a beer. It'll, it'll, it'll be great. Just have a beer. Well, two months from now, you're not going to just have a beer. It's going to take three or four. And then it's going to take three six-packs. Who can drink 18 cans of anything? Just one more. I'm going to get a buzz. Just, just one more. You reach the point where the buzz is just beyond the blackout. You just, you just never quite get there. Well, the beer doesn't do it. I'm going to try some whiskey. And the whiskey doesn't do it. I'm going to try... It's not there. It's always just beyond your reach. And then there's one guy on the job. What are you so happy about? I just life's great. Oh, man, what are you taking? Take, what do you mean taking? I know Jesus. Ah, oh, Jesus. Don't be trying to shove that religion on my throat. You're sticking needles between your toes. You're snorting your paycheck up your nose. You're drinking yourself to sleep at night. And, I, and I'm bothering you with my Jesus. It's just amazing. You know what it is? It's that continual self-deception in the human heart that I can find joy and happiness while rebelling against God. I can find peace and satisfaction without the Lord running my life. And it's just never found. Just never found. These, these two girls that came down there Friday afternoon, poor things, they, 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 were, so, they were so impressed with themselves. They bought a sheet of cardboard and a magic marker. And one of them wrote on it, it said, it said uh, uh, why are you being judgmental? Wasn't it, were those, what were the exact words of it? You remember? Why are you so judgmental? And I just, when they, they, they when it, got the big smile and got next to the, the woman with the raccoon on her head and, and, they, and they open up the sign and Brother Jed was over there and I said, uh, I said, hey Jed, is it judgmental to point out that judgmental is spelled wrong?
And surely there's some app on your phone where you can find out how to spell a word. <laughs> now I'm supposed to take my holy Bible, my eternal life, my joy and peace and happiness in Jesus Christ, my wonderful marriage, my great Christian friends, and I'm supposed to give that all up for some angry, bitter person who can't write four words without spelling one of them wrong. And whose point is that people shouldn't be judgmental and the only reason she's there is to cast judgment upon me. You know what her problem is? She hadn't found what she's looking for and she thinks it's God's fault. And she's surrounded by people who love their lives because of God and can't get it. Just can't get it. So sad. Back to, back to 1 Corinthians 10. We'll finish, finish up where we started. First Corinthians 10, verse 5. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. Verse 5, now these things are our examples. Verse 11, now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Therefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. He's telling me, I'm very glad you put your faith in the blood of the Lamb, and I'm very glad you've been baptized, and I'm very glad that you're allowing the Lord to provide for, your daily, for you daily, and I'm very glad you're on your way to a promised land. But if you think all that will keep your feet from falling in the meantime, you're deceiving yourself. When they lost their satisfaction in the God who had done so much for them, they lost the enjoyment of life. And if you've lost the enjoyment of life this morning, it's nobody's fault but yours. You are trying to find satisfaction somewhere other than God. And it's not there. And if you'll find it in Jesus Christ, whatever else is going on around you will be insufficient to rob you of the love, the joy, the peace, the contentment that Jesus Christ has to offer. It's that simple. It's that simple. I'm glad it's that simple. Father, help us this morning.